This is Robert Clotworthy, the narrator of The Curse of Oak Island, and I have a question for you. Could it be that you are listening to The Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream? This is a top pocket find, mate, for sure. Hey, welcome everyone to the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond Lime Stream. I am your host, Jeff Freeman, and today we have co-host Gretchen Cornwall with us. Welcome, Gretchen. Thank you for being here today. There you <laughs> go. Teasing you Sorry too. about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, I'm really, really excited about today's show um, because of our special guest we have coming on. And uh, this, this gentleman, uh, Luca Santoni, is... Um, a filmmaker, uh, film director, uh, a man of many, many talents. He's done some fantastic work. Um, we're going to be showing a bit of that here in just a couple of minutes. Um, we're going to show a little clip that we have, and then we're going to bring Luca on. But um, she knows uh, Luca. She reached out to him and asked him to come on the show. How did you meet him? How did you guys oh, get together? Thank you. Actually, he reached out to me. Really? Because, yes. Uh for for a few reasons, I had included information about the Medici, the de Medici family in my first mm -hmm. book and made Templar connections there, which mm -hmm. is is not very well known of in the Western speaking world. Right. And also I travel to uh, Templar locations or locations of mystery. And he appreciated that I had the uh, get up and go to do that, <laughs> the courage to do that. Mm -hmm. And we had some very good conversations. And I realized, I thought, you know, he has brought a wealth of knowledge that, to be honest, is almost overwhelming mm -hmm. to, to the English speaking world that is not public yet. Right. And I thought, what in the world have I been doing? I need to, I need to get him on with Jeff. <laughs> oh man, I'm so uh, glad you did. But uh, it's a privilege, and yeah. truly, some of what he has to share is is rare. It is not well known of. Right. Uh, is related to Templar mysteries and modern Templar mysteries as well. It's not right. just history, right. and I find his documentaries so packed with information yeah. that uh, as I was doing what you were doing, uh, dissecting, writing things down, <laughs> making notes and, oh man, uh, I know. you know, if this, if one hour and 10 minutes of one of his documentaries was on the history channel, it would have been split up into three hours. Right. So it would have been, yeah. uh, but so it's so dense with information and yeah. you have to watch it again and again and again, because these are new names new places, new people, uh, information on the history timeline that we're not used to hearing about. Yep, so exactly. it's, uh, it's a little bewildering and a little, little overwhelming at first, but it's also incredibly exciting. Yeah, it sure is. And we're going to have, uh, I, we have a little clip that Gretchen has put together uh, before we bring Luca on. I want to show this little clip. It's about a minute, uh, minute and 50 seconds long. We're going to show this little clip. Now, this is a clip of... He's done, I think, two episodes so far. We'll talk to Luca about this more in just a moment. Uh, he's got a couple of episodes uh, that are in the can. One has been released last night. Well, it was officially released today. Uh, I woke up early this morning and watched the entire thing. It was a little over an hour long. Fantastic. You folks have got to watch it. We do have the link uh, down below. It is linked in our description below, and it's also linked on our Facebook page. 
at uh, the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond Facebook page. Uh, we have it in there as well. So if you haven't seen it, like, don't watch it right now. You want to watch the show and hear what he has to say. But when we're done, you definitely want to go watch this. But without further ado, let's bring on Luca Sentoni. Luca, thank you so much for being on the show today. Good evening. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you, Gretchen. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, what do we like to do, what I like to do at the beginning of our shows when I have a special guest like yourself, is I like to get a little bit of a background about you. Now, as far as I've been able to find out, uh, looking into your background on my own, uh, I've come to find out that you started in photography around the age of 12, correct? Yes, that's correct, okay. because my mother is a photographer. Oh, so uh, okay. I, I started from there, just helping her. Mm-hmm. And then and, you got uh, into film. Yeah. At the age of 20, I decided the still photography wasn't enough for me because I <laughs> like uh, to put the sound and the movement together. Yep. So, I do too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how we all start. Mm -hmm. And today is much easier because everybody has good technology to do that. At that time, instead, was quite a challenge. <laughs> and so uh, I started with the 60 millimeters film. And uh, so the big difference is that when you went uh, in the field filming, you never see the images <laughs> until you were back. Right. Yeah, and, and so yep. it was quite a risky, you know. You have to do mm -hmm. how you know. You have to know how to handle it. So um, the first five movies were about um, five countries, and they were mostly travel movies. And ever since I did 87 movies and eight, wow. eight TV series, wow. uh, the last two movies were about uh, Templars. So it's a, a new subject for me. Uh, I'm not an expert. I'm a filmmaker. But uh, I had to study as well, like my collaborators, because I need to know what it was about. You know? mm -hmm. the, uh, it was very difficult to uh, put it all together. Yeah, a lot of information, mm -hmm. and so it was quite a challenge. I did several TV shows in my original country, which is Italy. Mm -hmm. I've been living there 47 years. Wow. I moved uh, to the U.S. in the last 10 years. So I'm sorry for my English. It's not going to be <laughs> perfect, but I try to let you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job, and I not a problem at all. But uh, you know that, and that really, I've talked to Gretchen about this. Of course, she's in the UK, and um, you know, I, I talked to her about the fact that I am so uh, envious of those of you that are over there and able to go to these different castles and go to where the Templars were. Mm -hmm. I have, I have gained a appreciative interest in the Templars myself, thanks to folks like Gretchen and now yourself. Um, they fascinate me and I've learned so much because it used to be that, oh, well, they did these, you know, they got ousted because of all these weird practices they were doing and, and all that. Well, then I come to find out more of the truth and now it really fascinates me. So I'm, I'm very thankful that you were able to get into the, the whole idea of the Templars. What, what got you started with that? What, what sparked that interest in the Templars, if I may ask? Yes, it happened with um, the visit to Rennes Chateau. Mm -hmm. After uh, at that, I was in a library of the of the village, and I found out this book of uh, Tania Martino, which is the girl you have seen in the 
segment before. And so I read that book and uh, that uh, intrigued me a lot. And uh, I start working with her. I just call her. And uh, just like uh, I did with Gretchen. And uh, we, we started from there. I have to study one year before to do mm-hmm. episode one. And uh, still was a challenge when we met the very first day because I wouldn't know if uh, she was good in front of the camera or not. Right. I didn't have the chance like uh, with Gretchen that she's always saying video. So it's easy to understand it. But uh, in her case, I didn't know. But uh, she was great since the first scene. And uh, we started from there. We were a great team at that time. We yeah. never imagined to have such success with Prime Video UK and uh, US. I mean, six million people watched it. I'm telling so, you, that's fantastic. That is yeah, fantastic. Well, we didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of puts puts uh, a shadow over everything I have, have just said about <laughs> the material you bring to the table being new to, to a, a Templar interested audience because six million people that is a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and congratulations, Luca, well, on on that that huge huge following that you've generated with your your films. Thanks to the American and English people. <laughs> I just <laughs> thank you all. Yes, and the uh, the narrator you have for your two films, your two episodes, is is British and has done work for the the. BBC, is that correct? Yes, yes. Right. Or Martin Owen, yeah. He's very good. He's very yes. good. Yes, he's got a great um, voice. I uh, don't know if you have the trailer for the first episode. I, I yeah, just I do. messaged you, Jeff. Would, would that maybe that would give everyone a flavor of, yes. of uh, the photography, etc.? <laughs> Mary Magdalena is the guardian of the Grail. And Sonia, with little hidden mystery, deliberately celebrates her, also placing the statues of the saints present inside the church. Saint-Germain, Saint-Roch, Saint-Anthony the Hermit, Saint-Anthony of Padua, and Saint-Luc. The initials of the names of these saints are linked by the symmetry of the letter M and form the word Graal. At the center of this enigma is the statue of Mary Magdalene. Was she the guardian of the famous chalice, or was she the grail? In this mystery, also the art had a famous interpreter, Nicolas Poussin. The artist was defined by the abbot, Fouquet, in a letter to his brother, who was the treasurer of King Louis XIV, a secret that kings would struggle to obtain from him and that after him nobody in the world will ever discover in the future centuries. The Brocilian Forest is located in Brittany, and it was the region inhabited by the other branch of the Celtic Redon tribe. Surrounded by two mighty walls, Carcassonne was declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1997. Back in Rennes-le-Chateau, Tanya Martino gives us another clue. 
a protuberance of a rock on the church bell tower, indicating a royal presence in the hidden crypt. That's so that is episode one. Yeah, that's the trailer for episode one. Wow. Right. <laughs> I can't wait to watch the... I, I, I Like I said, I watched, as Gretchen mentioned too, we watched episode two. Uh, I got. I watched as soon as I woke up this morning because I knew it was being released late last night. But um, oh my gosh, it, it was fantastic! And uh, and now I can't wait for this. And I watch it again. I have to watch. <laughs> the the thing that's so so wonderful here is that uh, Jeff Luca decided to to do this to release episode two on YouTube was because he wanted to impart a gift to the curse of oak island and beyond really so, so this group was the impetus for having oh the second film released oh my gosh i am honored thank you so much that's all that's that is really nice thank you so my much I, oh man I, I had no idea but i tell you that that is wonderful and i loved it i like i said gretchen mentioned it also to ha we have to watch it again because i i've I've written so many notes on it. Uh, it was so informative. But folks, like I said, it's in the description. You have to watch it. If you haven't yet, please watch it. And we've linked it to uh, to uh, Luca's um, the channel, YouTube channel. So, um, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, it is going to be very entertaining. Yet it leaves a lot of questions, too, that Mysteries. I'm hoping are going to be answered in the next. I guess there's going to be a total of five. Is that correct, Luca? You have two out now. Correct. Yeah. So uh, five yeah. episodes. Yes. Um, one and two uh, has been done uh, before the pandemic. Actually, the number two has been done during the pandemic, and oh, wow. uh, indeed that's the reason uh, you see Pisa and Florence uh, with no people mostly. No. Yeah. <laughs> because we were, we were in lockdown. Mm -hmm. the worst, and uh, we're good good team we're doing all safely with uh, with the other guys and uh we made it and uh, first episode was much easier we were not in the pandemic time and without right. tanya wouldn't be possible because mm -hmm. she has all the connection with the Renle chateau and uh so we were the only film crew ever who filmed inside the chapel uh with a drone never and ever even wow. today uh, was allowed to so other thing was um grot uh, of lombriv the caves mm -hmm. the biggest uh, in europe and uh there were a little segment in the video you have seen of those we have filmed in there with a drone for the very first time ever too uh wow. the, the the drone uh, was uh, absolutely essential in those uh, images and uh, not very easy job because uh to pilot it inside the caves we had the, uh, one of the best drone pilot in Italy. I was going to say you know him personally do you not yes yes <laughs> um it was in my team Luca Bracali uh, instead episode 2 has been taken by uh, my son Paolo Emilio mm -hmm. And uh, he also did a good job, a different style, but still good one. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, there are more images of, from the drone than the episode one. So 
Yeah, That's it's really good and very well done. Yeah, very talented. And that does, you know, I and I have flown a drone just to, for a few minutes one time. It's not that easy. I mean, they've made them more, they've made them easier to be able to get off the ground and move them around. But to do it with that camera work and that precision, that takes a, that takes I wouldn't nice be time. able to. <laughs> no way, I wouldn't either. Um, well, go ahead, um, go ahead uh, Gretchen. Before we, we go further and forget, where might people watch episode one? Is there a, a link to go to? Okay, it was to Prime Video until a few days ago. Now the agreement is at the end, so we are rescheduling to go in different platforms, but that's all related to the, the series we are doing because uh, we want to regroup all together with the third, fourth, and fifth episode together. So uh, might be at this time not possible to see episode one, which is still under agreement with Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video. Okay. But episode two is a, is a free of that. That's why you could uh, put it online. Thank yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's wonderful. Well, Tanya was, uh, is so quick, uh, quick-minded, intelligent. She's... Uh, now an attorney, I, I understand. Yes. And uh, she also has a connection with Henry Lincoln. And yes, it, it, yes so that's wonderful. Uh, I, you know, it, it's uh, without Henry Lincoln, I don't know if we'd be sitting here today and talking about the Templars. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I agree. Okay. He was very important to... To the Templar world and um, amazing individual, amazing. Uh, would this be an appropriate time to share that? Uh, mm -hmm. I put together a quick slideshow, a tribute to Henry Lincoln, who passed a few days ago, and it does include a few uh, grainy photographs of of Tanya because she had worked with him uh, and he uh, and spent time with him as and uh, as a friend. Yeah. Yeah, they were a close friend indeed. Yeah. Okay. I've got this. Uh, let's see. I get this queued up, and I wanted to have them all queued up and ready to go, but unfortunately, it would only allow me to have one at a time uh, going. So I'm going to bring this up, and I'm going to have to mute it real quick here. Uh, let's see. As soon as we get it going. Okay. Let me stop that. All right. So, all right. And this was uh, something that Gretchen put together, and it's for the author Henry Lincoln. Uh, like she said, who just passed. So I'm going to go ahead and share this real quick. Yeah, there's a go. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, here we go. Thank you. 
Wow. That must have been such an honor for her to have been uh, able to work with him like that. Wow. That's fantastic. Also, uh, we are going to film episode three on another book that uh, collaborators and co-writer of Adri did uh, about Scotland. There are two locations that they visited and they find out the exact location where the Templars supposed to be landed with their ship from La Rochelle. Wow. So um, we have the exact position where to go and film it. So we will go there. Wow. They are in the Argyle uh, area of Scotland that uh, Gretchen knows, of course. And uh, that's going to be episode three because episode three is, is going to be all on UK and uh, a little part in uh, Ireland too because we're going to talk also of uh, a predecessor of uh, the Templars in uh, cruising up to North America. So we're talking about Sam Brandon. Sam Brandon did uh, travel in the ocean 500 years before the Vikings themselves. And uh, Tim Severin, who was uh, the guy who went there with his uh, ancient boat, demonstrated that was absolutely correct. Mm. So he made it. It's uh, the travel of uh, Sam Brandon. There is a book about that. So we're going to go in the place where, where he started this cruise. And as well, the Hebrides Island in Scotland, the first stop. Wonderful. You you have a very ambitious itinerary planned <laughs> in June. I was amazed at the amount of travel you have planned for the documentary. Now, you are hoping to go to Iona is that is that correct? And um, we have been Yona for a series I made years ago called the Northland Circle, but uh, this time in Yona is not going to be inside the, the production because we're going to focus more on new information. Right. Okay. So okay. that's we try to give new information all the time and go out of the normal path. Right. Right. Uh, now, St. Saint, Saint Brendan was on that tiny little island where uh, they train Jedi Knights. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Skellig, a... Skellig Michael. Skellig, I, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. This is a little uh, uh, comment from uh, Alessandra Naduvari, who's also a friend of our show, and she has her own podcast that she does as well sometimes as she does interviews. Uh, and uh, she's wonderful and so happy to have her as a friend of the show and a friend of mine. Uh, but she was talking about that boulder in Newfoundland, uh, St. Brandon's Rock. There's a debate if it contains, uh, oh boy, is that Ograms? Ograms? Ogram writing, yes. Interesting. Wow. Well, that shall have to be on your your itinerary. <laughs> Absolutely, will be. Yeah, yeah. Um, She's a very good researcher in her own right, and uh, yes, yeah, yeah. So, thank you, Alessandra, for that. Appreciate that. So, uh, yeah. So, this third book, I mean, I'm really interested in that as well. Of course, I want to see the uh, movie. I'm sorry, the film that you've done. 
Uh, and I really want to see the first one, is, of course, and the second one. But the second one is phenomenal. Um, and I know that, 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 like I said, Tanya, uh, is it Tanya? Tan, Tana? Tanya, 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 you know, working with um, the late Henry Lincoln, like I was mentioning earlier, you know, she had the opportunity and, and I, I've heard if he, his name, you know, as I get into all of this with, you know, the help from people like Gretchen and, and so many others that are, have come to me and talked to me about the Templars and helped me with my education uh, on them over the years here uh, that um, I am going to need to look into more of him. Now I've been told that he kind of got the whole things started really is is that where uh, explain to me uh, either one of you uh, Gretchen or uh, Luca to help me understand exactly his role in all of this I he was like the father of getting all this started was he not you oh she's reaching for a book yeah, <laughs> he, uh, oh, where to go um uh, years ago he went to Renle Chateau for a holiday a vacation mm -hmm. and he did find a a book a very tattered looking book in French, of course, and he speaks French, etc. Mm -hmm. But uh, about the curse of the village and also the treasure of the of the village. And that is how he was introduced to the mystery of Ren le Chateau, which includes the Merovingian bloodline, it includes the Templar Knights, uh, so that was how he was drawn into it. So he actually, if I'm not mistaken, uh, wrote a small book about it at that time. Luca, is that your understanding? Yes. Okay. Okay. And I do have a, a, a English translation of that book, but I think I put it put it away <laughs> somewhere. Well, that's okay. Um, I was just I was just kind of. Um, Anyway, this is a he he has done several films. Ah, okay. Uh fortunately I have at least one of them uh, and um yeah, for maybe say about four, yeah. Yes, yeah, so and I appreciated his work on on geometry. The southern France uh, uh has a unique physical feature of five mountain tops and the Templars built castles on these peaks and that creates a five-pointed star oh, and wow. that's misconstrued today as being pagan it's actually very ancient uh symbol having to do with uh, king solomon and that translated into christianity and sometimes the upside down star represents descent of the holy spirit down to this plane of existence mm -hmm. so you you've got to to if you've ever seen upside down a pentagram in a church that is an emblem of the dove the holy spirit coming down into our plane it's also a, a feminine symbol uh very similar you know just like the the upward triangle is male that that that's female mm -hmm. so you get the upward pentagram being male and the downward being feminine so uh but he discovered this in the landscape and also a great deal of geometry at bornholm island in norway so i included a few books that he had written in the clip that uh are are wonderful to to study but yeah yeah and linda brought one up there too the holy holy blood holy grail 
uh, is one of his books. And uh, I am familiar with that. So, but I guess I just didn't uh, connect when, and I heard in his, and here's the thing about it too, is that because of our, our Facebook page and um, also the people that I've met um, and become friends with, um, you know, Corey and Mole and all of these folks, uh, wonderful researchers in their own right. And, and many of them right away, as soon as the, his passing happened, here come all these, you know, people that are, were very familiar with his work that were bringing that up on Facebook and YouTube and stuff right away. So yes. uh, obviously he was very important in the entire um, subject of the Templars. So that's really neat to know. Now I'm going to have to, again, it's one of these things where I'm going to have to look more into his past as well because of, uh, uh, of that. Um, oh, it's available on audiobook. Uh, Linda was just telling me, Holy Blood, Holy Grail is available on audiobook. So I'll be getting that <laughs> so I can go through that as well. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, so I think we wanted to also talk about uh, Tanya a little bit and how, Luca, how did you meet up with Tanya? Well, uh, I read her book, as I said, and I just uh, proposed her to do this movie. And mm -hmm. uh, at the start, she thought it was the kind of, you know, joke. <laughs> but uh, now then she understood uh, it was a serious thing. So we met all together in Le Chateau, mm -hmm. June the 1st, all uh, the components. We never talk about the whole project uh, deeply. So we had a big um, briefing of four hours, and she was explaining everything to all the others as well. <laughs> but it worked uh, really good. I don't know if... Uh, uh, there was a video about that. I made it uh, a while ago uh, for the anniversary of the first year. And uh, it was speaking about that and the way we made episode one. Uh, but uh, that's another, you know, it's online. It's easy to find out. For I that. could find that if you'd like me to. No, I mean, everybody, it's 15 minutes so people can find oh, it out. Right. If I can right. find it out with no problem. And uh, you mentioned Korean Mold before. Mm -hmm. Korean worked with us in episode one, just before uh, he went to Oak Island show. And uh, he, he did a very nice interview for us. I don't know if uh, we have it available, but uh, it's about uh, another different story near Rennes Chateau, very peculiar one. And uh, I find out this story in his uh, website, which is uh, which I consider the most important in the world for the information. It's really it's really packed of information. His uh, his website about Renle Chateau, he knows very well the area. And uh, one day he contacted me, and uh, he told me he was coming down to collaborate with us on his own. And uh, that's how we became friends. And after that, he's now involved in, in Oak Island, so he can't work with us right now. But uh, when he's going to finish, probably in the future, we're going to go to do something together. Yeah. yeah, we we like Corey a lot. He's uh, he's been on my show a couple of times, him and, and Christopher Morford, and we love the yes. work that he's been doing uh, and again, he's one of those fantastic researchers that has Absolutely. taught me so much. I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, they, somebody said to me once a long time ago, they said, well, 
if you don't know the answer to the question, if you know where to go get the answer, that's just as good, right? So I know now where to go get the answer. A lot of times, either get a hold of Gretchen or Corian or Christopher Morford or Court Lindahl or John Edwards or one of them guys to help me. And we all answer. do the same thing. We're all trading information. We're all talking to each other. We're making yep. discoveries together. It, it is exciting and, and phenomenal. It truly is. Yeah, it, it honestly is. And so powerful it, collaborators. It is. It's so wonderful. And then, you know, there's so many others out there that I didn't mention. But I mean, uh, it, it, and that's been one of the beauties of this of this show that I, I mentioned this in the pre-show is that being able to meet all of you and all these wonderful people uh, has been a blessing for me, for sure. Um, and going forward, we do have I don't know. Did we want to show that clip? We have a little clip of. Uh, we've actually got Go for it. yes it's it's really interesting okay yeah we'll run that clip this is uh this is the uh da vinci code secrets um and this is a clip i think including a corian in it let's see if i can uh get this up here real quick Oop, let's get this stop there we go i clicked on it but it didn't stop all right here we go let's bring this over all right Bougarache, the massif, rises not far from Rennes-le-Chateau and is an upside-down mountain because the oldest rocks are on the summit instead of being at the foot of the mountain. A scientifically proven curiosity, the magnetic field around the mountain influences electronic devices, so the aircraft avoid it as a precaution. NASA has studied the phenomenon, which has also inspired the director Steven Spielberg for the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind which also inspired Jules Verne for Journey to the Center of the Earth. However, the mysterious case of Daniel Betex is a true fact, and the Dutch researcher Coriander Raff, collaborator of History Channel, speaks about it. Now, the story of Daniel Betex is a peculiar one, just like everyone to do with this mystery. Betex was an engineer from Geneva, Switzerland, who had picked up an interest into the Cathars. So he got in touch with the, uh, I think it's called the Scientific Research Center for Cathars or something like that. And they advised him to have a look at, uh, at the mountain of Bukharak. So he got in touch with a student who had just finished a thesis about the great writers that, is, that had all mingled the Bukharak into their works. There's Jules Verne, there's uh, uh, Maurice Leblanc, and um, there were similarities in those works um, that Daniel used to deduct some locations around uh, the village of Bukharak. And he started digging there with permission of the society and the ministry. At some stage, he discovered some graffiti, ancient graffiti on the wall of the ruined castle in Bukharak. And that's also the time that he started digging around the, uh, uh, the chateau and the village of Bukharak and started to really make progress. After a period of digging around Bukharak, he reported back to Lucien Julien, who was uh, the secretary of the Cathar Society at the time in Narbonne. And he told her, I'm on the verge of discovering something awesome. In three weeks time, I will be back here and I will show you something that proves that there is truth in these stories. I will prove you something to do with Agartha, which was the mythical subterranean, whatever, landscape, continent, world beneath Mount Bukharak. He never made it back. At the end of the 1980s, Daniel Betex died in Bukharak 
for an unknown cause. And after that, very soon afterwards, all the locations that he dug were covered up by the municipality and the government, and they are not there anymore today. These are the gorges of Galamus, located at the exit of the Bugarash Canyon. And in the 19th century, two seekers, a curate and his assistant, were lost inside one of the caves of the gorges. After three days, some fishermen found the priest's assistant on the river bank. He was terrified and completely dehydrated. The priest's body was never found, and three weeks later, his assistant also killed himself by jumping from a balcony. What had he seen so terrifying? These events inspired a surrealist novel, The Blue Mammoth, which tells the story of an adventurer who visits the meanders of a mountain, finding a population of troglodytes, among which time seemed to flow in a different way than in the outside world. Was the entrance to these depths perhaps the monastery built into the rock and called the Hermitage of Galamus? That's cool. I tell you what, I, I've, uh, I don't know if John, I haven't seen if John Edwards is watching right now. John Edwards and I, uh, we do a show together called Beyond Our World, and it deals with paranormal phenomena, just weird things that are kind of outside of our normal realm of uh, understanding. This is going to be an interesting topic right here. That uh, That's very, very interesting. We're going to have to have you on, Luca. We're going to have to bring you on for a little <laughs> on Beyond Our World to talk about that a little more in depth. Wow. But fantastic job by Corian. That was great. Yeah. So, uh, this is all part of episode one, correct? Correct. Okay. All right. Just yes. to show that uh, Renlet Chateau is not only about this traditional unsolved mystery, but all surrounding are full of that in a different field, of course. Wow. But still yeah. connected. You, you cover ancient earth mysteries, uh, other other mysteries that we just saw, plus the history this that we're also interested in of the, the Knights Templar, the Merovingians, etc. But uh, so those three aspects are so interesting that you've, You've curated these ideas and put them together in, in your films. They're very, very powerful, very moving. And I love the drone work because it gives us all an idea of how rugged the countryside is surrounding French, uh, the French uh, Templar uh, history, how, how challenging it must have been to deal with that rugged terrain and those tall mountain peaks and valleys and very inhospitable mm -hmm. uh, when you're trying to, to move through it or, or traverse through it. Very challenging. Yeah, you really don't get that perspective unless you have that drone footage like that. Yeah, that's, and that's what struck, struck me. And, you know, you read a book and, and it's, you know, in your mind, you know, oh, Southern France, X, yeah. Y, and Z, Rennes-le-Chateau. But you have no idea of the 
incredible uh, feats of, of engineering and uh, work, flat out work that, that our medieval ancestors undertook in order to create castles on top of, of, of cliffs. So it's, it's phenomenal, uh, really amazing uh, to, to see that. And the, the drone footage helps with that. I do, I do think the photography in, in the uh, documentaries is fantastic. It yeah, is. Yeah, we think that it's important too because even if you don't buy this story, we'd uh, <laughs> just to mention uh, one of the review we had, uh, you can watch it for the landscape and the mm -hmm. impressive castles that are there. Yes, yeah. yes, it's quite the travel uh, log if you want to look at it, it like it that. Truly, it truly is. And that's something that, you know, talking about Rennes Le Chateau. Um, you know, and I have, you know, I've heard about it now from dealing with, you know, all the different researchers and stuff are mentioning it. And I've seen pictures of it, but nothing quite like this. And, yeah. and we've talked about the engineering that the Templar had, uh, the engineer, engineering know-how that they had to be able to construct things like this, the churches and these, and the chateaus and, and the fortresses that they made. Um, it's, it's phenomenal work, not to mention the tunnels that they've created, you know, underground and the engineering that went behind all of that. But my goodness, what, you know, it, it just makes me so much more impressed by them and the work that they have done. Uh, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you know, the, the Templars, they were a bunch of soldiers. They went around and protected the pilgrims no. on their way to the Holy Land. They were so much more than that. So much more than that. It's really, really, truly, you're bringing this to light, and I can't thank you enough for yeah. that. that really yeah, and I, I've learned so much. And I, I wanted just to bring up a quick point before we go further and perhaps forget. The uh, Livorno is is uh, on the Italian coast, Tuscany. But what, what was so impressive about that is the first film clip you saw of Livorno uh, that... Uh, uh, mentioned the Venetian Quarter. So here we have a, a Templar city with the Venetian Quarter. And of course, when you're the last stand, the last fortress in Jerusalem or Israel, uh, the Crusader states, the Levant, was Acre or Echo. Mm -hmm. And the Templar castle was right next to the Venetian Quarter. Uh, they were allies. The Templars, of course, were merchants as well, mm -hmm. and the they were always either buying ships from the Venetians or renting uh, or booking passage with them. So, you know, it's so interesting to see the uh, Acre uh, uh, same same grouping with Templar and Venetians now transported over to Livorno. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't realized uh, the Templar presence there that the Medicis kept alive when they infused money into the, the ancient medieval city and, and it grew and it was updated. And to see the, the Medici shield coupled with a Templar knight cross, wow, uh, uh, that was yeah, phenomenal, that you know, right in the city of Livorno. So, and that was new for me. That was, yeah, it me. was for me. You brought that up to my attention and I remember seeing it in the video and I thought, oh my goodness, yeah. I had never, I mean, I, I wasn't that, uh, uh, you know, up to speed with the uh, Medici family 
um, until the video came out. And then I really got immersed into them. Now, tell us a little bit about them, if you don't mind, either of you, uh, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about, obviously they're covered in, in the second, no, in the second film. I agree, I agree to talk about that. Uh, there is another Anson family, which is the Martellis family, which is more ancient than the Medici family. And um, they were friends. They even had a marriage at some point. Mm -hmm. This family is where uh, the Templar mentioned in the story of the episode two, Roberto Martello or Roberto from Volterra mm -hmm. counts from. So everything starts with him and his crew. They left uh, Damietta with the boat, with the relics. Some of those relics are still in the church. And uh, they have been even approved by the Vatican. Actually, Vatican was the <laughs> commissioner of that travel. But they changed mind at a certain point because they had kind of happening on board the ship. But you should read the book. Yes, I, I did scan through the book, and what an incredible story. So Robert, Sir Robert of Volterra was uh, associated with the Knights Templar Commandery in Volterra in Italy, beautiful ancient medieval city in, in Tuscany, uh, the Knights of the Dow Cross. And he was in on crusade. He went to Egypt and was involved in a battle there. Uh, he uh, went to a temple, to a, a, uh, a, a mosque, and he had in his company an Ar Armenian, the Armenian monk, very mysterious individual. Uh, now the Templars would do this, they would engage scholars, and the Armenian monk was a scholar. He spoke something like nine languages, mm. He was an alchemist, um, a doctor. Uh, he he understood the, the the culture in Egypt at the time, and he directed Sir Robert to take this relic that was in the the uh, temple there. And uh, Sir Robert had his own helmet, but he had he was carrying the helmet of a fallen uh, his fallen. Uh, companion, friend, another warrior, another knight. And he put the relic in the helmet and it fused, according to legend, it fused to the helmet. So, so that was, that was quite, quite odd. Mm -hmm. And Robert thought that it should go, this object should go to, to the Vatican, to Rome. Uh, so they, they left Egypt as, as uh, Luca was telling us, and they tried to book passage. They had they had rented um, a a uh, a ship with with the Templars, with a group of Templars. But the Teutonic Knights came along because they wanted to get out of there, and so the Teutonics and the Templars actually had a battle for this vessel. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the last ones to get out of this particular area. There was there was hostility in the area and they 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 needed to escape. But anyway, now the the younger uh 
the younger man with Sir Robert, who might have been his son or a younger brother, it is not known, was very badly injured in the in the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fell off of, uh, of a uh, he fell. Um, injured his spine and his leg very badly and probably would have would have died. So they they get onto this boat. Now, Luca, is it is it the Armenian uh, monk that directs him to go to Livorno or was it another individual because of the healing waters there? Uh, there yes. were, okay, so there are healing waters, very famous healing waters in Livorno. So they they decide to go there instead, and uh, just to rush things along, they they go to the to the holy well the holy well, and he um, he puts the helmet I think in the water and the 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 uh, holy relic separates from it and he's able right. to pick up the water from the the well and yes. give it to the young man and the young man is healed so. Yeah, they mention about a cup as well, which is not the grail, but <laughs> there was a there was a cup there, and this okay. cup uh, uh, it looks like to be used for this operation, and uh, this cup has been later uh, located in one of the monastery. Actually, there were four monasteries, each one for each relic that the Templars transported with them. And uh, it's a very long story of that. You need to watch the movie for understanding. But Mm -hmm. um, uh, there was one in particular, uh, which is the most uh, astonishing, which is what was called the uh, throne of the Jews at those times. But in the modern time, it's called chronovisor. And you can find it on YouTube, several stuff about that. Wow. It's a kind of... uh, Controversial? No, it it really really exists. It's still in the the church, hidden in the the church. It's still there. And there is a story why it's still there. But uh, it's been there for almost 1,000 years. So, I mean, mean, in, in the valley... Is By it time way. to watch um, uh, the trailer for a documentary part two? Would that would that be appropriate sure. right Absolutely. now? Absolutely, um, it doesn't show these aspects. And maybe a little part of the church where you mentioned the well or the source as okay. uh, the Benedict uh, Valley. Uh, I... No, no. In the in the trailer, there is a mix of things, including including the church of uh, okay. Sayakofo where. They did this operation you mentioned. Is this would is this going to be the uh, um, uh, Medici mystery uh, number two or the correct? Yes, okay. the one we published last time. Okay, all right. Yeah, I got that. Let me, uh, let me bring this up here. Okay, sorry about that. Okay. I can send it to you if you don't have oh, it. I got it it's right here. No, I got it. Oh. Actually, this is a different one. Yeah, I did this. Oh, is this Livorno a different one? And the yeah. nearby rival town Pisa still show the transition of nobles such as Ferdinando Primo de Medici and his father Cosimo, 
who more than all guided by unconventional ideas, then confirmed with the Livornian laws, promoted ideals devoted to freedom and tolerance that struggled to emerge in the rest of Europe. These values represented in effect a direct link with the ancient Templar Knights and Knights of Malta, at the time of their birth known as the Hospitallers. Both orders were thus emulated in the purpose of faith and, above all, of protection towards the weakest. Cosimo founded the Knights of San Stefano, becoming their first Grand Master, and also his son Ferdinando Primo, whose ideals of life were confirmed by the creation of Livorno itself. All right, so let's bring a Yeah. I apologize. Did you just send me the link there? Is that the one I you sent? I sent you the link. Uh, it's uh, the trailer. Yeah, I sent you the oh, link okay. the trailer. And that that cross at the end, that concrete on the concrete uh, post, mm -hmm. that's the, the Cathar uh, cross, the Counts of Toulouse. That is their symbol, their heraldry symbol. And I was just so surprised to see that represented. In, it's Pisa symbol. In Pisa. Yeah. yeah, amazing, amazing. Okay, this is the, I just brought the trailer over. So, okay, so here we go. Let's uh, get this rolling here. Yeah, this is the one. I used to be a Templar in the past, and something or someone tore me away from eternity to make me return once again to these places in the time of history and legend. Tuscany and its coast, the Benedict Valley, and the Green Hills, no one would ever suspect what they hid. Many centuries have passed, but the immemorial mystery had forced Livorno and the Benedict Valley to be silenced. Although my remains are like dust in a hidden tomb, my eyes have continued to see. And this city still has something to say. Knights, men of fortune, pirates, enlightened minds and others far more unscrupulous, but all from the first to the last with their mind focused on that mystery. Certain of nourishing deep devotion for my brothers, who now all rest with our Lord, I can assure you that sailing far from the Holy Land and arriving in this Livorno's coast, we started that great secret without knowing it. It is again close to the Benedict Valley, at the hermitage of Sambuca, that the Templars arrived in Livorno, the retinue of Robert of Volterra came into contact with the Black Hermits. The Knights of Christ brought with them a mysterious object, more precisely a cup that the legend brings to the famous knight with the two helmets. Leonardo da Vinci. The artist was walking along the banks of the stream together with his guide, when suddenly a fog fell and led him to an indefinite place where he found himself talking to a mysterious man. 
he pointed out to Leonardo a watermill that would be built in that place. The fog disappeared. Had Leonardo perhaps seen the future? Because a mill was then built in that place. events have always been connected to the sea. Above all, thanks to personalities such as Ferdinando Primo de Medici. Thus ends this journey to discover the Medici mystery, when at the site of the statue of the explorer, the destination of our next trip seems to be approaching. Oceans will be crossed, new lands discovered, and each time always under the protection of a patent cross. Leonardo figures in this too. That's <laughs> I know. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> That's an interesting, interesting moment. So uh, what so what happened to him, Luca? What do you think happened to him? To Leonardo or he go he goes for a walk along a stream yes. and gets lost yes. in the fog and the little stream is called Ujone. And it starts from that monastery that they have seen. And uh, basically, he has like a time lapse uh, favorite by the fog. And uh, he had been just like in the future because he has seen this windmill that then existed one century later or whatever mm -hmm. that... Uh, 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 I mean, it's something that is connected with the story also of the chronovisor some way, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. the energy, the earth energies in the era, area perhaps are, are lend itself to mysterious happenings. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Right. It okay. happened many other times, even in the modern time. Uh, we are the phenomena. Okay. I just heard two days ago uh, the SERP, which is an association in Tuscany for studying paranormal phenomena, has been there to do its research. Its research, its research. So, wow. There, that is would an, love there, there is an interest in there. Wow. I'd and, love uh, to go there myself. That sounds so interesting. I, oh, you guys are yeah. so lucky to be here. I told, well, Gretchen, I told Gretchen if she came over, over there one day, she can write an entire book about it. Mm -hmm. wow. it it's fascinating. And the more I find out, the, the more I, I am hooked and would, would love to yes, be able you, to follow, follow you need, through. You need to visit because uh, there is um, still kind of an heritage there with people that are still uh, working on it every single day so it's, now, an is... it's an answer story but it's still researchers are going around there 
Now you are associated or uh, with a Templar order today that have been looking after and guarding these secrets, these uh, traditions? Yes, they do have it one. And uh, they, they dress as black, as not uh, white and red like normal Templars because of the story. I mean, the Black Friars were there in the Middle Age. So they are inspired by that kind of... Uh, I mean, oh. when, they, when the Templars refused themselves in the hills, they couldn't dress like the Templars anymore because they just, uh, mm -hmm. you know, were escaping. Right escaping from right. <laughs> i mean the the boat was taken up to the hills and uh, hidden and oh, many wow. other and many other things happened so they have to change their appearance as well so they mix up with the black uh, monk friars yeah mm -hmm. and they they build a lot of tunnels like jeff told before they were an incredible builder so um, there are still tunnels underground there, long tunnels, and they arrive all in the same church, which is San Gualberto. Yeah. Now, it was mentioned in, I remember that being mentioned in um, episode number two of your film, uh, number two there. And it, it said, it talked about during the bombing, during the, uh, the war with, with uh, Germany, um, that the bombing had opened up some of those tunnels. And so they Correct. were able to then get access to them. So, Correct. I mean, again, you go back to that whole thing of them being engineers and being able to actually create those tunnels. You would wonder why. Okay, of course, they were hiding out. Uh, they weren't going to be pronouncing, hey, we're the Templars. We're over here now. Um, so, I mean, what would those tunnels be for? Would they be tombs? Or would they be places to hide things? I mean... It seems like both of those maybe, in my opinion. I don't know. Yes. There were uh, four points that corresponds to churches and monastery. And uh, a couple of those are still in the movie. Uh, the San Gualberto is one of those. And uh, is the latest one. But uh, La Sambuca, which is the holy pit, because it was uh, like... Uh, holy pit up there and it's all an underground thing you know mm -hmm. but uh, all the relics were uh taken there to be hidden and safely by the monks because the templar at a certain point appears of course and the the monks black friar uh, become the real guardian of those so you can see uh, still interesting relics uh, approved by the Vatican inside of the church. The Vatican knew about the chronovisor. I'm surprised, and I'm surprised that they haven't said, no, 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 you got to bring those to the Vatican. It happened, it, 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 I explained the story quickly. Mm -hmm. It happened. They have to move it in the Vatican archive, like many other things that are hidden there. But there was an event. Um a kind of uh, bottle bombing situation. They couldn't move it also because uh, mm -hmm. it, its weight, it's one ton. So, oh, wow. Oh, okay. So they decided <laughs> they decided to hide it somewhere in the church. 
is still there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the war, they wanted to destroy a part of the church just to, you know, but they weren't able to do that because they, they bombed it with explosive. But because this church has villages connected, uh, apartment connected, people live there. So they, yeah. they couldn't, they couldn't. Right. So it's still there. And yeah. uh, this Cronoviso is only one of the four existing in the world. The other three, I suppose they are in Egypt still, so in, a pyra in a pyramid. This is a, it's called the Corona Visor or the Corona. No, the, the Chrono Visor. Chrono. Corona. 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 But um, uh, they call it uh, the throne of the Jews at the time of the Templars. And after that, there was a middle period. They call it the, the mirror of Romitone. Romitone is a particular figure. You have to read the book to understand what it is. Okay. It's it's really the, the book is more. I mean, when we scheduled to do this movie, it wasn't only on this subject. We put it together one month before to go there, so we had the chance to give just twenty minutes of space mm. in, the, in the sixty. So, but the, an entire movie would be appropriated. So, but that's and not only about Templars. This but, is the Church of San Gualberto, is that correct? Yes, the, right? the church you see in the movie. Yeah. Okay, and the book is the book is highlighted in in the film as well. That that went live last night on YouTube for free. Yeah. Um, in honor of being on with with Jeff here today. Um. So, so there is a tunnel that leads from the church to, uh, it goes, you know, a very long way. Uh, yes, several kilometers. Uh, astonishing. But then if you look at documentaries of Accra, of the tunnels underneath that the Templars had built to move men and gold uh etc without having to to walk through the streets you know they, they were quite capable of of these feats and um i thought it was quite interesting that was it there was another church that was built on top of an earthen pyramid that had been built that's a it. very you know a that's great it building. right right uh that's incredible so so is that the same church? Yes. Luca? The, yes. Uh, there were uh, earlier uh, people there called uh, the Gentili and after the Truscans. So it's very ancient area. Very ancient. Amazing. Amazing. Um, that's interesting in itself, too. So the Templars are the latest period, maybe, even if it was 800 years ago. I mean, it's recent yeah. considering what it was there before. And uh, Sir Robert uh, brought these uh, important relics there in 1221, a, a very long time ago. Uh, okay, well, is is there another film clip to, to watch? Mm -hmm. Are there any more? 
Yeah, I've got a, I've got several more. And I, I was just reading some of the, you know, when I mentioned some of the researchers that um, uh, that I have come to know uh, because of the show, um, many of them are in the chat and on uh, Facebook over here and they're and they're commenting about certain things. Um, uh, Court Lindahl is there and he was talking about the the Black Friars. I think let's see if I can find his I can spring it up for you. Um, I think this was it here. Oh, this was a question that uh, was actually proposed by uh, one of the uh, Liam Wilcox. He said, did the Blackfriars disappear into the arts? Seems to have links to Shakespeare. I'm not exactly sure. Go ahead. If you either want to be talking about alchemy. Does that, is that what he means by the arts? Probably. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, the, the alchemy has been practiced by, our, you know, nobility of your European nobility for hundreds and hundreds of years. And uh, uh, if you could protect yourself, if you were wealthy enough to protect yourself, then you could get away with it. And uh, Leonardo da Vinci was an alchemist. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of cachet if you could afford to have your own alchemist in your court. It was a bit like having the latest and greatest Hummer <laughs> me, you know, so so you would have great prestige if you had a very gifted, knowledgeable alchemist on hand. And it's so interesting that Sir Robert was able to entice the Armenian uh, magi or monk to come with him. And the carrot for, for the accompanying Robert was the fact that he was going to Egypt. And he needed his translation skills. Uh, he needed his knowledge of artifacts. And it, it seems to have uh, uh, paid off to have this scholar in their midst. And as the story, the story goes, uh, he, he eventually goes to England where he is lost to the records at that juncture. Um, but yes, alchemists were were important to your court, if uh, if for no other reason than for the mundane, such as chemistry. Could your alchemist come up with a poison to to right. uh, you know put in in your enemy's wine at a diplomatic meeting, or uh, could he create gunpowder uh, or the, a trebuchet, a medieval war machine? You know, on and on and on. So, and uh, Leonardo da Vinci was all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the, uh, I think this was Court said something about this here. He said the Black Friar, Black Friars derived from Black Friars, a common name for the Dominican order of friars. And they weren't natural friends with, with the Templars either, which I find interesting oh. that you have Templars befriending the, uh, the Black uh, the Hermitage, you know, in the Benedictine Valley, and two of them were interred there. Is that they they found? They, uh, they yeah. uh, we called Jesuati are there. That is definitely uh, they're they're not they're not friends normally. No, no, they're no, we're not Dominican. They were Jesuati. Jesuits. Are oh, I, excuse uh, me. Jesuits. Okay. okay. Okay, they were Jesuits. Um, I don't know if they are the same, but. Uh, in the book, they are written as Jesuati, which is a bit different from Jesuiti. Okay, okay. I don't know. I, I just wonder if uh, they were the same or not, but I don't think so. Hmm. Okay, okay. Another I mean, they, they, they were not doing uh, any 
you know, any torture or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And there was much before that. So we had uh, Alessandra had asked a question here about a caves, uh, and I was trying to find it. Um, it was back a bit. There's been so much chat going by. So many people are commenting. I'm actually losing track of <laughs> where they are now. But um, the she was talking about a. Oh, uh, oh, here it is here. This is from uh, Alessandra Nadavari. She said, has Luca been to the Grail Cave near Montreal de Sos? De Sos? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, it's Cathar origin. I don't know. Is that? Not yet, because the episode three and four is going to be on September, October this year. Hopefully, everything is going to be all right. I mean, with the COVID the pandemic. <laughs> I think yeah. it's pretty much over. I think you'll be able be able to get there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Hope so. yeah. I mean, uh, Canada is uh, episode three and four as well. New England, because there is another story connected with the travel mm-hmm. on uh, North North America. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You, yes, uh, you are uh, highlighting this author who this Absolutely. book about in 2004 and uh verrazano is important to livorno where you were born and there's a statue there of him that is the statue he's actually he's actually in in greve chianti which is near florence right so so, oh excuse me that's where the statue is yeah yeah so it's uh, closest to florence and that's the reason we finished the last uh, scene up there okay. because it was introducing the work of uh, Verrazzano Mission in mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the Steven Sora book, you know, the lost, I, uh, the lost colony. Well, it's, 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 um, I haven't had time to, to read it fully yet, but, yeah. you know, he mentions, he brings up the Templar co- colony in Montreal in Arca- Arcadia. Correct. Correct. You know, the Poisson painting, the Cartier map, Champlain. Nova Scotia. Uh, pardon? Nova Scotia. Yes. Uh, Newport Tower, uh, the Westford yes. Knight. Um, it, you know, it's it's quite it's quite the it's quite it's the, book. A, the the lead book for episode three and four, but also there is uh, another aspect uh, very important that uh, precede the Templars thing. We belongs to the Viking period, and uh, especially the period of uh, Eric, uh, the red of red, red Eric. Yes, sir. Uh, you you do. Pardon me, Stephen Sura does a chronology in the front of the book. Yes, Eric the uh, Red in Greenland in 982. Right. And he brings back uh, 25 ships to to Greenland. Uh, He has the Norse arriving in North America in the year 1002. Um, And I've I've spoken about this as well. Uh, He's he's. He's dropped a bit here, but but things have changed. It's recently been discovered that the colony in Newfoundland dates to 1021. And I've, it's not that far away from the year 1066, which is the Norman conquest of, of England, William right. the Conqueror. And he is from Normandy in France, or uh, a man of the north, 
Um, his ancestor was Rollo, who married the Merovingian princess of Paris. Uh, so, so it's interesting to see all of these things laid out in the front, the front of the book here. So he, he does a wonderful chronology of, of what ha happened, has happened over the, the centuries uh, and leading to North America. So, and the, and the family connections. So he's done quite a lot of, done quite a lot of work. Yeah. And St. Clair's, the St. Clair's play a huge part. And it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating what he has put together. Uh, and of course, he highlights the escape from La Rochelle to uh, literally to Newport is what he says during his introduction. Yes, but uh, regarding the Viking uh, approaching to Newfoundland, there is another book of uh, Nancy Mary Brown, which is also of our interest because it speaks about uh, a female passenger that was with Eric. And this is Gudrid Tornandotir, an Icelandic woman who traveled with him. And uh, according with the story, she gave birth to Snorri, which is the first European born in the North America. And uh, she traveled uh, a lot, Norway, Denmark, and even to the Pope. There is witnesses. He met the Pope in those times. So she existed, really. And if you That's go right. in, in Iceland, uh, there is a statue of her and her son. Oh, so this is, this, this is something that uh, is new to the story aspect. Still in the fleet, Icelandic Greenlanders fleet. But she she means something in the story of uh, you know Finland, 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 and you have a lovely actress from Texas who will yes. be portraying her. Yeah, Amy Johnson. Uh, yes, tall blonde. <laughs> yeah, she has a, an amazing resemblance with the original oh, really? pa original painting. Yeah. And she was uh, an actress uh, in the movie already. Yeah, kind of different Tourism. subject, but uh, anyway. <laughs> okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we have a couple more clips. Which one? Uh, I have the third one for the um, uh, the Medici, uh, Medici mystery. And then also have, we still have one that I didn't show from, the, it was the number two. It was the Da Vinci Code Secrets, uh, the second one. Did you want to? one of those the BG code secrets is the first one yes yeah. the first episode which is not available yet but but will be in the near future yeah which yeah. which of these do you want to show shall we stick with the number two episode to yeah. avoid confusion yeah let's do that okay so this is the I agree. Third, third clip we have for the uh, medici mystery uh and i'll bring that up now let's see again Try to do this quickly here. All right, and switch over. Here we go. And this is from episode number we two. We are in San Gualberto, a church at the center of the village of Valle Benedetta. A peculiarity that perhaps makes the building unique and therefore contributes to increasing its aura of mystery is the fact that this church rises on a pyramid built in previous eras. 
These hills are home to the four places that the Templars chose to guard the relics brought on their long journey back from the Holy Land. The ship itself was then hidden in those places, thanks to the help of the crew of the Turkopolis, half-blood of the Christian people and archers who were allied of the Templars and Crusaders in the Holy Land. In the following centuries, they would become local pirates. In San Gualberto, I come across an environment of the same proportions and measures as the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, and I kneel to pray to our Lord. of centuries have passed. Churches during my time were much poorer, but now, wherever I turn my gaze, falls on all kinds of decorations. In the church, there are many relics from different periods validated by the Vatican. Our story in particular, however, is linked to four sacred objects, the same ones embarked by the Templars in the Holy Land with Robert of Volterra after the hasty escape from Damietta. History has brought these objects closer and then removed, and San Gualberto Church hides one in particular, that for now we will call by the name which was known at the time of the Order, the Throne of the Jews. It is again close to the Benedict Valley, at the Hermitage of Sambuca, that the Templars arrived in Livorno, the retinue of Robert of Volterra came into contact with the Black Hermits. The Knights of Christ brought with them a mysterious object, more precisely a cup that the legend brings to the famous knight with the two helmets. The Templars lived there for some time, along with the Black Hermits, before disappearing again. Wow. 
That is really an interesting episode, I tell you. And it, you know, it covers so many different subjects as we go along through that. Um, one of the ones was, you know, talking about, in, in for me, um, was talking about the Knights Templar having a link to Christopher Columbus and his famous discovery. Now, that was right toward the beginning, if I remember correctly. Um, Spanish royalty advanced the, uh, had financed the trip, um, but also with the support of the Medici family, correct? Yes, that's what the researcher um, of the book of Livorno, because there was another book too connected with the movie, uh, says about uh, the uh, Medici who supported uh, Columbus in a certain way that they explain in the interview. Mm-hmm. That was Maurizio. Is that, Maurizio is that right? Silvestri is the author and writer of the Livorno and its uh, mysteries. Because Livorno, which is my birth town place, uh, has a lot of uh, mysteries too. Uh, that it was good to find out and write this book. So uh, basically, there are four different books on episode two. So the latest one is uh, Chronovisor by uh, the story that has been taken up with the scientific experiment or explanation about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Teodorani is the author. And uh, so he, he explained it in a physical way. So with the science, not with the other explanation mm. so it's very interesting because we didn't we didn't go deeper on that in the movie of course we didn't have the time as i mentioned <laughs> but it had to be number six or something yeah or seven yeah <laughs> yeah by the way uh yes the the Medici supported the cristoforo colombo that as uh probably not many knows uh, he has been supported by the Sinclair family because he married uh, a Peristrello, which was a woman belonging to the Sinclair family descendant. So he had the map. Mm-hmm. He had the map. He knew the the path that they had previously with Harry Sinclair. Yeah, that made more sense in the book, uh, the relationship. Uh, it, it, some authors have confused it today to say that he was married to a Elizabeth Sinclair, but that that wasn't that's not the case. Very, very you know, yeah, she very uh, she yeah. she was descended from. Correct. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so that is that is just fascinating. Uh, everything that you've brought forward. So it's easy to say that the that Christopher Columbus knew about this, the new land and the new world over there. He did prior to his ever going, and he had a route maybe by which to get there, and he knew about all of it. Yes. So who did he get it from? That's the. (laughs) I mean, he played played on the safe ground compared (laughs) to his predecessors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in touch with. Stephen Soros family and I mean Stephen uh, you know passed away last August uh, 2021 mm-hmm. sadly and uh, yeah I'm in touch uh, with uh, Terry his wife and uh, Mike part of the family as well yeah 
and uh, I will dedicate in memoriam of him the, yeah. the, the episode based on his book. Okay. He concluded the same thing that I had in my second book, uh, the, the Templar Quest to North America, which is they went from the St. Lawrence River Valley westward. And that becomes a key feature in the fur trade, which Arizona might have participated in. Uh, they embarked from Dieppe, the port of Dieppe in France, uh, to to uh, the Great Lakes uh, and the the routes that the Native Americans had already trod on for millennia. They followed those same geographic routes. Uh, I did see a really interesting new program on uh, Amazon. Uh, Prime about the Kensington runestone. It's six parts. I've only seen the first part. It's new. And a, a, uh, and a Danish actor, I think he's Danish or uh, anyway, he's, he's from the, the Viking part of the world. You'll recognize his face when you see it, but it is so interesting. You know, I do think that the Kensington runestone has a lot of validity and this actor uh, obviously thought so too. And he's just re-examining all of the, the information surrounding it. But the reason why I bring that up is because I, I do think the Templars penetrated all the way west to that point in um, is it Minnesota. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting topic, but I, I hope that in years to come, uh, our little group can find more information on early European travels uh, along the St. Lawrence River. And of course, you're, you're going into the Hudson River Valley with the, you know, there's the Newport Tower, the Westford Knight, uh, so they followed the uh, geography of, of the Hudson Valley uh, westward in the same way that, that uh, the, the St. Lawrence River was, was discovered as well. So, yes, indeed. Um, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's a fascinating book. I definitely, definitely recommend, recommend it. So. Have we left anything out? I feel like I'm supposed to be asking a question, <laughs> and it's well, back here, but I can't, I can't quite, quite grasp it. Let's see. Um, I know that we had, uh, let's see, if we've, we had kind of a little put together a little bit of a, a talking about uh, talking points. Uh, let's see the black footage. Um, uh, did we cover enough on the uh, story of Robert uh, Volterra, and the? We did. Well. I think we did, but uh, well, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to June. Luca and uh, his, his uh, film crew is coming to England, and I'll be working with him on uh, different uh, on Templars in in England, and going to uh, Royston Cave, Nottingham Castle to see Ye Old Trip to Jerusalem, owned by the Templars. And I visited that. Uh, it's one of the oldest, probably the oldest inn or bar <laughs> in, in, in the UK. Uh, 
Nottingham was a major stopover point for the Templars on the way to uh, Dover and to from there to to the Holy Land. It was a staging staging point going south, but the uh, inn is built right into the bottom of a cliff that the, the castle sits on top of, and they dug back. And their back storage area for the inn that they're using it for today, the restaurant and bar, is is in the shape of a cross. So the Templars uh, created a a cross. Um, as it's always it's always spiritual, but it's always practical too. So you, so it's fascinating. It's it's, it's fascinating. So I look forward to sharing sharing. The Templar Underworld with Luca uh, when he comes this June, and he's uh, uh, going to Scotland, um, uh, Newgrange in Ireland. Is that right? On the twenty first right. yeah. June, yeah, Newgrange for the uh, solstice, uh, and that's quite a. I mean, Newgrange is is ancient. <laughs> that was Alice. <laughs> <laughs> That was Alessandra. So, um, you know, I tell you, honestly, uh, you know, I can't wait to see episode number one um, because, you know, now that we've gotten uh, the and, and again, folks, I have to say, if you haven't seen episode two, you need, really need to watch that. It's out of it's available. It was released last night. Um, and then episode one, hopefully we'll get uh, to see that pretty soon um, when it gets on. You said it's coming to a new a new platform. It's going to be released on a different platform, but there's it's being held yeah, up. Yeah, agreement are still going on right now. Okay. Cool. Yeah, the kind of war between the platform. <laughs> yeah. There are 13 platforms right now. Oh, so. my goodness. Wow. That's really great. And then you have three more, right? A total of five that are going to be coming out. Yes. Yeah, there used to be seven, as I said. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the seven that has been canceled uh, was speaking about the secret geometry. Adam Lincoln was working with the Danish oh, wow. uh, PhD and the Borom churches, mm -hmm. you know. But oh. and mm -hmm. and the other one was Portugal or Portugal, like someone mm -hmm. like to say. <laughs> Freddie Silva, yes. Yeah. Are you going uh, to Nova Scotia? Yes. Oh, wonderful uh, you must meet alessandra you oh yes yeah, yes uh, for sure for yes sure. okay yeah she's really great you have there actually there's a few people up there you probably should meet but alessandra definitely one of them um yeah she's fantastic and she is tied together or you know she came up with uh talking about um some of the the um uh, she brought it to my attention actually on a show once and when i was interviewing her or i hate to use interview when i had her on as a guest um and we were talking about the um, going down the St. Lawrence Seaway and talking about some of the, um, the different uh, cities that are there. Montreal, De Detroit, which was like Destroit over in uh, the Middle East, uh, Montreal being in the Middle East. And what was the other one? I've forgotten what the other one was. There was three of them coming down through there. Um, and so why, why did they come up with those same names? Why were they, you know... Uh, Montreal and Detroit, like Destroit, and then um, it wasn't Quebec. I can't remember the other one. I can't remember either. Uh, but third one, Toronto. Thank you, Linda. Just popped so it up. Toronto. insightful, very insightful. Uh, of her. I mean, and and why why were they named that way? As you come down the Saint Lawrence Seaway towards into Lake Erie and into Detroit area, it's just odd parallels. 
um, that they would be. Yeah, she put it up there. Yeah, that was at Montreal, Detroit, and uh, and um, Toronto. So very, very interesting stuff. And, and it, it, it makes you wonder, um, you know, there are many that believe that the Knights Templar never came to North America. And then there's a lot of people believe that they did. Um, I, that, I guess, is still out for proof, um, that, that whole thing. But again, the thing you guys brought up earlier, you were talking about La Rochelle and the ships. And some people have said the Templars never had any ships. They had to borrow ships to get anywhere. And there's other people that say, yes, they did own ships. They owned several uh, or quite a few. And they were, you know, so, man, it's just so much going back and forth on all of this, you know. And but we're always searching for that, that tangible proof. Um, like Rick Lagina says, it's a theory is just a theory until you hold it in your hands. So we're all looking for that. And I know you mentioned La Rochelle earlier and in, in the show, you take me back there just for just a moment. So La Rochelle, in your opinion, was that a place where these ships were held housed or kept? Were they in port there? Yes. Uh, well, well, there was a uh, captured young Templar Knight who was being questioned and we have his testimony mm -hmm. to this day uh, in written form. He literally said and and it's you know i have i have heard so many naysayers say why do pro north you know north american travelers you know with the templars always hook hook their hang their hat on that testimony because it's very explicit it said he said that the templars owned 18 ships at la rochelle that's very specific Mm -hmm. It means they had complete clear right to dictate where those ships were going to go. And uh, uh, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's quite the asset. Each ship has perhaps, you know, food, expensive armaments, uh, experienced sailors, experienced fighters, goodness knows what kind of cargo they were carrying. Mm -hmm. But they... You know, they could have gone as the popular thought is to the excommunicated king of Scotland, Robert the Bruce. They could have also split up. Um, you know, the king of Spain never didn't persecute the Templars. They just changed their names. Mm -hmm. uh, Portugal was literally a Templar state until the Inquisition uh, stomped out the, the culture there to the best that they could. And the, uh, I believe a resurgence happened in England uh, with Edward the Third. Oh, she froze. Third. Um, oh, the, se the second. Um, you froze there for just a moment. Sorry. Templars. Yeah. Well, well, there were more, you know, unfortunately, the problem is, is that a lot of records have have gone through the passage of time. We lost quite a few records on the island of Malta during the Ottoman siege. There was a huge fire there and a lot of Templar uh, records were lost at that point. They disintegrate, they get destroyed, um, uh, the war, etc. So, you know, uh, burden of proof, fine, but, but I do think there is enough evidence to state that it is probable that they were in North America and there were there were uh, different Templar holdings on this on the coast in France they had they had uh, uh, I don't want to say they had um, 
a, uh, a ship at, at Talmont Castle that was actually owned by a private uh, family, but they had a Templar holding six miles down the road. And that family at Talmont was allied to the Rochefoucauld's inland. So there were there were there were harbor arms down the, the coastline near uh, Templar holdings where ships could have launched other than La Rochelle. And it's it's highly probable they went to North America. I do believe they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I and I kind of believe they did, too. Um, and, and the thing of it is, you know, people say, well, where's the proof? Where's the records? There are not going to be any records. If no, they're fleeing, not, because not if if, thank you, yeah, if they're fleeing, they're not going to leave records behind saying, oh. hey, we're going over here, yeah. you know, and we're going to hide out over here. And when they get to North America, if they did, when they get to North America, they're not going to say, hey, we're the Knights Templar. We're here in North America now. They're going to go by a different name. They're going to change their who they are. They're going to call themselves something else. So they're yeah. not going to up the big flag to say hey we're come over here come over here and and hunt us down you know yeah. just, so, just like they did in benedict Val, in the same. <laughs> there you go exactly exactly yeah. Livorno. yes mm -hmm. yes uh, yep. another another uh har friendly harbor mm -hmm. exactly Absolutely. so i tell you what honestly uh, this has been great we're, we're coming up on uh hour and 47 minutes that we've been on and i tell you what i i am so intrigued uh, Luca, by what you have brought to the table, what you have produced already uh, as a film director. Uh, this is fascinating stuff. And you're taking us down, like Gretchen had mentioned earlier, you're taking us down a road and you're introducing us to names that we didn't know before. Um, and this is, I guess, because of the work of uh, Tanya. And I don't have her. What's, what was her last name again? Martino. Tanya Martino and uh, tell you what, and I wish I was asking Gretchen earlier, uh, does she speak English? Because obviously she subtitled in her for us in the, in the oh, video. Unfortunately, no. And I was like, I want to interview this I, woman. I want to talk if to you, her. If you speak French, she can manage it. I, I'm going to have to get Linda. Linda or, or uh, Gretchen, do you speak French? I wish I did. Oh, no. Okay. I wish I did. To my, much we to my, you know, we Americans. Oops, you might have to interpret more languages. <laughs> I would love to talk. Now she's a lawyer, I guess she's speaking, but yeah. I, I, you know, somebody that was pa as passionate as she, uh, with her research, even though she is a lawyer now, you know, she probably has to still have an interest in all of this. I would she's say she's, yeah, she, she, she's still doing research. Yes. Yeah. Writing in a book and she started very young. She was 14 years old. Uh, and, uh, Lincoln book, Holy Grail, Holy Blood of Glay. Mm-hmm was uh the one that, that inspired her so, mm. uh, yep. and, that, and then she met him and they worked a bit together yeah that's something else and i would i would love to meet her and it'd be i know i can't talk to her but man if you could interpret for us that would be great because I, I can love do to, that i can do that i would love to to uh have have a chance to speak with her that would be fascinating i mean uh, just, I, can, I can bring it over the main three people in the crew uh, tanya uh, Guido, which is the Templar in the images, but he speaks English. Mm -hmm. Actually, is uh, specializing in visual arts and paintings and uh, history of art in Italy. And he has two graduation, and uh, probably is gonna go in Boston for a museum to do a oh, stage wow. over six months. But uh, oh. he doesn't know yet. But uh, <laughs> wonderful, yeah. yeah. 
That's great. Very talented crew you've brought together. Mm -hmm. Now, did I hear you correctly, Luca, say that his his uh, garb was from the same company that created the costumes for Nightfall? Is that is yes, that right? Some, some of them, yes, yes. Terrific. Wow. That's terrific. Wow. Yes, minus the mud. They they all looked rather dirty, <laughs> yeah. disheveled at times. And they they looked very clean and tidy. I agree. <laughs> yeah. That would be very hard to keep that white so clean when you're fighting all the time and stuff. And in the concept by which the film was done, uh, by going and taking, a, you know, taking a person from the past, bringing them to the future, and using that as the premise by which to tell the story, I thought was I fascinating. That, that was really, that. really good because yeah. that's you're now you're seeing it through this person's eyes that is all now they're in the future looking at it, but also giving you a recollection of what it was like in the past. I thought that was fascinating and a great way to do that. That's just wonderful. Um, and, I applaud uh, you for your work. It's great work. I cannot wait to see episode number one, of course. And then, of course, when you work, get finished with uh, three, four, and five. When is three? When do you think we'll be able to? When will three uh, we wanted to release them all uh, for Christmas this year. Okay. Ooh. Uh, that's a big Christmas task. Christmas. <laughs> uh, it, can, it can be done because I can edit um, the UK one in summer and then September, October go to Canada and New England for the foliage period. And mm. uh, if Amy Johnson agree, uh, we're going to go to do the same with her as introduction character of Good Return of Daughter. And uh, Guido, I don't know if he's gonna be in Boston. We can do it, maybe <laughs> it's gonna be close. Yep, wow, that's May great. I, um, pass this on. I, I, with, uh, with your permission, Luca, I did state this in my blog and on, yeah, okay. Uh, there is uh, room on the team, uh, Luca's team, for a uh, very organized, business-minded uh, co-producer, and and uh, so if you are interested in in funding uh, the project and participating and helping with uh, business organizational things, contact him through Web Icon. What is your URL? Well, yeah, well, I can incorporation is the producing company I work for. Okay. Um, we need to get that URL. Linda, I was going to ask if Linda, so if we can get that put up. I think she might have actually put it up already, but if okay. not, we'll get that link in the description here so that we can okay. uh, put that up for sure. Because obviously these things are not, um, they're not free. You know, you it, it takes a lot of money to be able to make these productions. Um it's going to go ahead regardless, but uh, with with greater fuel, mm -hmm. more can be done mm -hmm. to elevate the project. Yep. And I can even add those canceled episodes, maybe. Yes. <laughs> the number six and seven. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get those back on the table. Yeah, yes. for sure. Born home is important to the Templar world. Yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah. And like I said, you've brought so much. Uh, more to this table. I the the, the whole thing with the the black uh, friars up there and in that in that where the the Templars went for a while, um, that part there just fascinates me. I, I I really need to get more and more information on that because I I'm really really 
uh, interested in all of that. I mean, the whole thing. And I, like I said, I wrote two pages of notes. Just maybe we should come over with the correction one day in Benedict Valley and do uh, a work together. Or something that would yes. be exciting. Yeah, that would be great. And we're hoping you, to see you, more. You, you, you would be the very first from UK and the United States. So there you go. <laughs> Oh, that's fascinating. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap the things up here. Thank you again, Luca. Wow. And uh, we will get make sure we get everything linked on here for you. Um, and I we already put um, the uh, we already put the, uh, the episode number two. We linked it on our Facebook group page, and it's also in the description below, folks. So you can see it there. Uh, watch that after we're done here. Give it a check. It's an hour and six minutes long, I believe it was. Um, fascinating information, and it goes some. There's much in there that we did not talk about. Uh, on the show today, just simply because of time and, uh, and all of that. So, and again, uh, we'll hopefully we'll see once the things get ironed out about episode number one and that gets put out, we can see that hopefully soon. And then we'll see episode three, four, and five by the end of the year. We hope uh, that would be great. I'll tell you what, this has been a fascinating ride, Luca, and I appreciate you so very much. Gretchen, Thank you for being the co-host here. Your your knowledge in all of this is just phenomenal, and uh, being able thank to carry you. us through uh, with the background that you have on all of this. And yeah, thank she's you. She's a great support. Mm-hmm. We're, a, we're a good team. We're a good team. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again so very much. Thank you, folks, for being here with us today on the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream, and uh, talking about that funding. If you would like to help support the show, we have our Patreon channel, Patreon.com. And it's slash jfree906, just like you see the little icon up in the window there at the top of the corner. Um, that, uh, and again, you can watch this episode anytime. It'll be on YouTube. Just feel free to share it and show it out to all the friends and people out there. And if you like our content, uh, give us a thumbs up. It really does help us and our YouTube channel to give a thumbs up. It allows us to it, it look at YouTube looks at that and they say, oh, well, let's get this out to more people. And that's really what we want to do, right? So thank you very much for that, if you would. Again, thank you folks for being here. We'll see you again right here next time on the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye.